Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast. In this episode, we heard a sermon from Pastor Mike Cisneros uh, talking about forgiveness and how God doesn't hold any record of wrong over us. Hope you guys enjoy. Have a great week. And if you want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. How many of you know we have great pastors? He said it uh, plural, amen? We have awesome pastors here in this church, not just me. And um, the board makes a decision. Some of that offering they do give to the other pastors as well, so it's not all just for me and Maddie. So, hey, feel free to bless the pastors, all of them, at any time, not just once a month. It's kind of like Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? It's like uh, one day of the year I buy my wife flowers. I'm not saying give money all the time, you know, just you can be a blessing to people. Just so, so many of you are, like people randomly bake us things, glory to God, or make us food or something. So, you know, it's just wonderful, wonderful things. So anyways, moving on. Somebody was saying, is he asking us to do stuff for him? I'm just saying if he wants it, you can, okay? Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. It's okay. All right. It feels good. To be here in the house of the Lord, it feels, you know, as, I, as Maddie was ministering um, to you all this morning, um, you know, I'm not going to get all into it today. I don't, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to go down this road just for a split second. Um, a lot of people, there's a lot of disagreements about women in ministry in the church today. And, and I was sitting there thinking, like, if you would sit here and watch Pastor Faith minister and watch Maddie minister and you cannot discern that the Spirit of God is using them, then, then, and you're just struggling with a religious thought. And in a sense, you're, you, you might even be, I dare to say, not just opposing women in ministry, but you're opposing what the Lord is trying to do. So I'd just be careful of what maybe religion has taught you. And I might actually have to preach and teach on it one day on some, some debatable scriptures um, that seem kind of clear, but... Uh, about, well, the Bible says, well, the Bible also says, you know, don't cook a goat in its own milk in the Old Testament. <laughs> you know, there's all kinds, you can't just say things just so the Bible says. You got to read the Bible in context. Who's writing? Who are they writing to? Is this a situational text or is this normal and forever text? And so you got you to get understanding from the Holy Spirit. And also, it's not a feminism, whatever the word is. Feminism says we just got to give women a place because they're women. No, that's not accurate. You give women a place who God has called to have a place, who are gifted, who are anointed. Amen? So it's not all of them. It's obviously some of them. Amen? So we definitely don't want to oppose and stifle what the Lord is doing. Amen? Amen, amen. I'll probably just have to teach on it. Some of you still probably haven't received that. That's okay. But I would just say, won't you just look at what, what's happening? What do you do with that? You know what I mean? Oh, well, that can't be God. Oh, are you willing to say that? Okay. All right. This probably won't be the church for you. Love you. <laughs> we can love you in disagreement. Um, so, 1132, glory to God. Got plenty of time this morning to go for at least an hour and a half. 
We've got some new people here for baptisms. Probably, man, man, what a church did we come to? This place is crazy. Uh, just kidding. It's good to have every visitor here this morning. So our vision at this church is that we're a healthy home for the city. The Father's House is a healthy home for the city. You hear it all the time. You hear it come out from the pulpit. Well, our mission is to do what? It's to uh, build the family of God. How? By ministering to them, by small groups, by marriage counseling, by kids ministry. All this stuff that we do is to build the family of God. And then we want to welcome the lost into what? Not just into our church services, but into our lives, into our homes, into our conversations and bring them in and let us see our healthy, thriving, maturing life in Christ and something that they'll be attracted to, to actually want to come to. Amen? How many of you know we got to give people something actually attractive for them to give up what they already have, right? People aren't attracted to just religion. They're really not. And then the last thing is we want to change the city. We want, we believe that God is not calling everybody in this congregation to be a pastor or to be an evangelist but he is calling everyone in this congregation to be an ambassador for Christ, that you are someone who is sent out to represent his kingdom. Every one of us is an ambassador for Jesus. We can go out in our workplace, whether you mow grass or you serve tables, and you can do that unto the Lord, and you can build the kingdom outside of this place. This is the gathering place where we come to, uh, to, to learn, to be equipped to go out into the city. And some people are saying, well, well, why aren't we doing more outreach? Your life is on outreach. Your life, and, and we're doing some outreach. Calm down. But the goal is not for you to wait around for three, four times a year when we have organized outreach. The goal is that you take that mantle up of an ambassador for God. It's my job to invade my workplace, to bring kindness, to bring joy, to be different than my coworkers. We have to stop this, this thing how we're, we have our work life and we have our church life. We have our, our, our regular friends and we got our church friends. You, we, come on. Let it not be. Because what are we doing? We're never going to reach any of them. What is, what is our goal, right? We want to reach people. Hmm. We don't want to teach them that you can just show up to church and you don't have to actually sacrifice or surrender your life. Yeah, no thanks, you know? We don't, we don't want that. So we want to be healthy, amen? What does healthy things do? They grow. So the journey, everybody say the journey. So if you're new, sign up for the journey. You're like, oh, is, is that some strings attached? No, it's just a way for you to learn more about our church. It is the best place for you to go to if you're curious about our church and you want to learn more about us before you make any decision to join the church or to serve in any capacity, go through the journey, and you will just, you're going to learn all about who we are as a church, what is our vision, what do we believe, and then the second part, you're going to learn about who you are, what gifts do you have, what do you have to bring. Let me tell you this. Somebody needs to hear this. You have something to bring to the Father's house. And don't let the devil convince you or lie to you and tell you just because you can't sing or preach that, you don't, that you're not significant to Father's house. It's nonsense. Absolutely nonsense. Um, it's just the truth. The Bible says the hidden parts are the, more, the most honorable. We got people who come here throughout the week who no one even knows who come here and clean this church. So let me go ahead and say that. If you see some trash or something, pick it up. If you see something dirty, wipe it up. Amen? It's just a regular church member like you who's cleaning this place. And it's actually in volunteers, thanks to uh, Gwen Bennett and the Shepherd's Hand and a bunch of guys from the rehab are in here. And our volunteers, they're cleaning this place. And it's just a big tag team effort all over this place. So it's pretty awesome. So sign up for the journey. So um, 
So before we get started, let's, let's just pray. Let's pray for ourselves. Let's, and I'll pray over you and pray for me. Father, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you this morning. This is a day of renewing minds. God, this is a day of breakthrough. It's a day of be reintroduced to you, God. It's a day of just maturity. It's a day of supernatural growth, God. Lord, I just thank you this morning. I pray that you would use me, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, God, and you would let me to, to speak as you would want me to speak, as the things, that revelations that you gave me this morning, God, help me not to sway too far to the left and the right from those. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. Amen and amen. Would you lift out your hands in front of you like this? Can you just say, Jesus, I receive anything that's from you and anything else that's not from you, I don't receive it. Amen? Isn't that good? You feel safe now, some of you new people, right? It's going to be good. So last week, as uh, Pastor Faith was preaching about standing in the middle, what a good word, Amen. Man, see, once again, you'd have to look at her minister and be like, mm, yeah, but she's a woman. <laughs> oh, man, it really touched me. Man, it really moved me. Man, that was a good word. That was good preaching. That was good teaching. That was, well, yeah, but she's a woman. How silly. How silly of a thought. I mean, it really is just really silly. So we just got to be careful. I, I would challenge you to um, really dig into your word and, and dig, into some, dig into some things. So I might just have to preach on it one day, so. Everybody can get over it because um, we're not changing it because actually the Lord told us to do it. So who would have guessed, you know? All right, moving on. Probably offend everybody. I'll probably offend everyone at least once today. So no matter where you stand on political lines or anything, I promise you. Um, so anyways, last week she was preaching, um, the Lord spoke to me as she was talking about standing in the middle of and waiting on our promise and standing and not giving up basically and standing and looking to the promise to stand and look up towards the Lord. The Lord spoke to me and she was talking about Abraham and she was talking about how Abraham at times he struggled, right? At times he like literally went out and, and he had this time where he like told a king that his wife uh, was his sister because he was scared. He started getting in his false identity of, of fear and trying to protect himself. And, and even though he started out with faith and it seemed like, then he kind of goes backwards. Some of us can relate to that. At times we're like, man, I believe God, man, I'm on course. And then also we take stuff back into our own hands and we start to doubt God. And the Lord just began to show me right in that moment, though, something he reminded me in Hebrews 11 is that God, actually, and in Jeremiah, he says that God, uh, he basically, he's saying, I keep no record of wrong. And I want to talk to you this morning about this, this understanding that God is not keeping record of your wrongdoing, that God is not um, remembering, in, in a sense, um, uh, in Psalms 130, verse 3, he says, if you, O Lord... Keep a, kept a record of sins, oh Lord, who would stand against you? And in a sense like this, if God tallied up your sins, if God was walking by you ever since you were born with a piece of paper and he's, okay, that's a sin, okay, he sinned again, oh man, he sinned a lot today, oh, he's going on, and if he brought that to you and shoved it in your face, no one could stand before him, we'd all be guilty. Right, we know none of us would be able to stand before him if he kept record of our sins. But the beauty is that he, he forgives our sins, he cancels our debt, and he doesn't hold it against us. Actually, it says in 2 Corinthians 5 that the way that he reconciled the world back to himself was by not holding their trespasses against them. 
But actually, he decided to deal with them himself personally. He made it personal and said, I'm going to deal with your sins myself. So this beauty of like, man, God, not only do you forgive me, but you don't hold it over me. How many of you know we all have people in our life, and maybe you're this person, and there's an opportunity for you to repent this morning, that you do stuff for people, but then you hold it over their head. Ooh, I must be honest. Don't we just hate people like that? I'm sorry. We're not supposed to hate. Bad word. Don't be that person. Well, I, and then you go tell everybody all the good you did, but the whole time you're just holding it over their head. Jesus isn't holding it over our heads. He's not holding, remember that list, Mike, of all your sin. Remember what I did. I still got the list. <laughs> you better remember. And it's like, no, he's not kept in a record of it. Who could stand against him? No one could stand against him if he kept record of these sins. And I was reminded, I was like, man, this is a beautiful thing. That In Jeremiah, verse 31 and 34, God says, I will remember your sins no more. Isn't that amazing? We, we've been going through this in freedom. And that's why I believe the Lord wanted me to bring it up literally this week. But he says, I will remember your sins no more. Isn't that crazy? Like he's saying, I don't remember, I don't remember them. I forgive you and I forget them. And it's not something maybe, maybe we can do as human beings is really forget things. But God does. And isn't that crazy to think of? Like he's like, I'm not keeping a record. I'm not keeping it written down. I'm going to remember them no more at all and forever. So she was preaching. I thought about Abraham and how he struggled at times in his life. And I was reminded about what the Bible says about Abraham and a lot of others in Hebrews chapter 11. So we'll go there and I'm going to kind of jump over the place. Hebrews chapter 11 is what they call like the great chapter of faith, right? So Hebrews 11, if you got a Bible... If you don't have a Bible, I think we have some New Testaments at the welcome desk, don't we? And they're free. If you need a Bible, we got you. Amen? And let me say it like this. You need a Bible, get one. <laughs> I don't need one. Yes, you do. Right? What is the Bible? It is the written word of God. What is Jesus? The living word of God. This is Jesus in written form. I love Jesus. Do you love this? Come on now. It's not religious to read this. You can make it religious. But it's not really, I get up every day and read my Bible. That's cool. Is it reading you? Is it changing you? All right, I'll move on. I'll move on. I know I told you I was offending everybody today at some point. Hebrews chapter 11. So I want to I remember this. Let's, let's look at this scripture. I'm going to start in verse 7. It says, faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming. I love this part. Even things that have never been seen. Wow. Things that have never been seen, never saw rain, right? Can you think about that? They're like, Noah, what are you doing? Building an ark? What's an ark? I don't know. <laughs> Why are you building it? It's going to rain. What's rain? I don't know. But I got a word from God, and I'm going to believe over what I understand. And what's really cool is saying that Noah did all these great things, and Noah built an ark that would save him and his family, and by faith the world was condemned. But Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. You know what Noah also did? He also screwed some things up. He also, after he got off the boat, planted the vineyard, and got drunk. But you notice that it's not accounted, recounted here in Hebrews. 
You notice that he's not, God's, when God's bringing up the story of Noah's life, he's saying by faith Noah did these things. Noah's faith was counted in his righteousness. He's not saying, oh yeah, and he became a drunkard and a screw up, so watch out. No, it's not even accounted. Then it goes on to verse 8, and it says, Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit by God. Verse 9, he lived by faith as an immigrant in his promised land as though it belonged for some, to someone else. Verse 10, his eyes of faith, I love this verse, his eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations whose architect and builder is God himself. What a powerful verse. You know what it doesn't say? Oh, yeah, and he also lied to kings, got scared. It just says, man, by faith, look at all he did. Look at the next verse. Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and past the age of childbearing, for the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise. Hold on a second. When God told her she was going to get pregnant, she laughed. Remember that? And this is what God was bringing up to me this past week. It's like, man, even though Abraham and these people screwed up, like when God gives an account of their life in Hebrew, he doesn't record their sins. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. This is so good. It's kind of like when you go to funerals, right? It's probably a a good thing that we don't talk about the bad things. (laughs) That's when I do funerals, I literally tell people, hey, we're not going to bring up the bad, Period. And if, and if we're going to do an open mic, I'll tell people very clearly, hey, if you come up here, we're just going to talk about good memories, good things that happen. Amen? Sounds like Jesus. And, and he goes on to say um, in verse 20, the power of faith prompted Isaac to impart a blessing to his sons, Jacob and Esau, concerning the prophetic destinies. Did you know that Isaac also screwed up? Did you know that Isaac, here, here's a whole other sermon I might have to get into next week. But Isaac did the same sins of his father. Isaac also did the exact same thing when he lied to a king and said his wife was his sister because he was scared about how beautiful she was. That's a whole other message right there. There is, I might just go ahead and say it just for a moment. There are consequences of our sin. But it doesn't mean God is keeping record of it. That's good news. It says, by faith, Isaac, let the next verse, Jacob worshiped in face reality at the end of his life and leaning upon his staff, he imparted a prophetic blessing upon each of Joseph's son. Did you know Jacob also screwed up? Actually, his name means deceiver. He stole the blessing, he deceived. That's why God changed his name to what? Israel. Isn't that awesome? But you notice it doesn't say here, Jacob screwed up and Jacob was a deceiver. And Jacob was a liar. And, and Jacob actually moved to Shem for, for 10 years or more. I forgot exactly what it was. But he, he literally was supposed to go to Bethel, and he went somewhere else and disobeyed God for years. And then he came back. But do you understand, in Hebrews, it's not recorded. It just said, man, by faith, Jacob did these awesome things and imparted prophetic blessing. And I'm sitting here looking at this mix of things. My God, what's the common factor is that they didn't quit. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you don't quit, you win. It, it is literally that simple. Oh, man, I'm struggling. Man, I'm going through a hard time. Man, I, man, I relapse. Whatever. Just keep going. Get back up 
Remember the word of the Lord and the promise and keep walking as Pastor Faith was standing. Keep walking towards that promise. Keep going. And as you're going, remember in your heart that God is not keeping a record of your wrongs. That he's remembering your sins no more. Because guilt will want to come in and shame will tell us that God is right there saying, hey, I remember what you did. You ever been vulnerable with someone and told them something you did and they've been holding over your head for years to come? Well, I remember that you stole that thing. I remember that you did that one thing, and now i got to protect. Man, aren't we glad Jesus is not like that? Man, I'm so glad that Jesus is not holding my sins over my head. (laughs) My Lord. But I love that, you know, it talks about Jacob, talks about Isaac. It talks about Moses, how Moses went out in faith and did things in faith. Let's just recall for a moment. When God found Moses, he doubted the whole time. No, God and anybody else, anyone but me. Uh, what, what am I even going to say to Pharaoh? You know, that's not in there. It just says by faith Pharaoh did these things, or Moses did these things. Isn't that amazing? And even though Moses did what? He screwed it up big time. He disobeyed God, and God took him up on the mountain to see the promised land he didn't even get to get into. If we don't quit, we win. We just got to get back up. Don't let the devil kick you down. Listen, let me tell you something. The devil will keep record of your sin. And he will do what? That's why the Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. So he's trying to keep a record of your sin and use it to accuse you before God and before people. Hmm. Man, this is good stuff. It just means a lot to me (laughs) because I've had a lot of sin. Hmm. God commends people for their faith and he keeps no record of wrongdoing. For people in this room, you've fallen, you're struggling, just get back up. Just get back up. Look at your neighbor and say, get back up. Get back up. It's okay. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay. It's okay. So I don't know about some of you in this room. Some of you do, but I don't know about you, but I personally understand what it like means to have a record. <laughs> this is very easy for me to understand this illustration in the Bible. You know what I mean? I have a criminal record. All right? Some of you are thinking, oh, my gosh, that religious spirit right there. Just, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, what church? Yeah, God saves criminals, turns out. So, (laughs) come on. Oh, man. And then he'll really put you through a test and make him the pastor to see if you're humble or not. (laughs) And for most people, the answer is no. Let's move on. Okay. (laughs) He's got to have his doctorate and never sinned in his life. (laughs) Oh, did you know that joy is a fruit of the Spirit? Uh, yeah, some of, you, some of you are so, you think it's reverence to sit there emotionless, and it's really not, actually. But Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you can't come to me. So joy is fruit of the Spirit. It's really good. Being uptight might be fruit of something else. All right, moving on. I told you all. So I'm like, man, I want Pastor Faith. Let's bring her back, man. (laughs) Golly. You know, the Lord spoke to me this morning. He said, Michael, 
you're a father to this house. And that's what you're going to bring. So whatever I tell you to father people and impart, whatever I want you to impart, so that's what I'm going to do. All right? So I had a record, still do, unfortunately. And, um, and so I know what it's like to literally have a criminal record. And, and let me say it like this. Some of you are like, well, I don't have a criminal record. I don't understand. But let me say this. You do have a record of sins. Every single person in this room has, has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And how many of you know that God's not looking at my criminal record of sins and your other record of sins and thinking one's worse than the other? Some of y'all don't know it, but that's okay. But he's not. He's not at all. And I remember, uh, so this makes a lot of sense for me. I can understand having a record. I can understand, uh, you know, for some of you, maybe you're a felon. You've got your charges expunged before. Now they literally don't exist. It's pretty amazing. Um, but me and Maddie were watching Corey Tin Boom. How many of you ever heard of her? Corey Tin Boom was a, I think, a Dutch lady. Anyone know better than me? Okay, good for you. Um, uh, Corey Tin Boom. Yeah, long story short, during the, 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 um, the Holocaust in, uh, I think it was the Netherlands, I don't know, go watch it. 90% of this will be true. <laughs> the main parts will be true. And, and so what they would do is they would take in Jews into their home. And they would hide Jews from, from the Germans. I mean, beautiful. I mean, just, a, just godly people. What can we do? Let's plant a church. No, let's hide Jews. Let's help people who are struggling. Let's help the broken and the marginalized. That's what we can do. How many of you know every single one of you can do that in this room? And so you start helping the marginalized. And what happens, they go, and a lot of things happen, but they hide them in this room. It's super cool. I would encourage you to watch anything about Corinthian Boom. It's so amazing to see the sacrifice they'd made. But eventually, they come and they arrest Corton Boom, and because of the providence of God, they hid, they had this whole system where they hid the Jews in this like secret doorway in between the two houses. And literally, the, the, they came in and they asked uh, Corey, and they were like, Hey, where are the Jews? We know you have them. She, she acted like, Oh, I have no idea. And, and the, the guard uh, smacked her, and they took her and her sister and her father off um, to one of the, the jails or one of the camps where the Jews would go. And before she got there, they were, um, she was being watched by a guard, and the guard come in and was like, and, and, and because of her faith, she started sharing the gospel. How many of us, we'd be in there crying, oh, Lord, help me. And she sees an opportunity to try to win the guard to the kingdom. And the guard almost gets converted, the, the, the story says, because she, he sees her faith, and he sees her story, and she's bold, and he almost gets converted. And then he tells her, it's like, hey, we, we have these papers against you. We have these records against you. We found in your house records of what, saying that they're holding the Jews, the things they're buying for the Jews. And he says, What's, what are we going to find in these records? Are you going to be guilty? And she tells him, I, I can't tell you what's going to be on those records. I, I mean, I, I'm sure basically, yes, if y'all have those records, then I'm going to be punishable to death. But this guy's heart is so moved in that moment, the guard takes her papers and he throws them in the fire. Isn't that crazy? And Corey Tin Boom said, in that moment, I finally knew what Colossians 2.14 really means. You ready for this? The Passion Translation. He being Jesus canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant and that stood to indict us. He erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it in all that cannot be retrieved. Come on. 
That's the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, summed up. She said in that moment, I knew what that verse meant, that she took these records. Basically, hey, I'm guilty before you, God. We all are. And God takes that record. And I love what another translation says, actually. It says he nailed it to the cross. And I love, actually, if you keep going on, it says that he basically took the principalities and put them on public display in victory. And it's a shame what the enemy thought he had, had done. God was turning it for good. Man, isn't that a beautiful? Isn't it so crazy to me, though, what she can be in jail, literally, she hears, her, she hears her father dies and she's sitting there standing. <laughs> and she's in faith. And you know, it's, this is why you need to know the Bible. Do you understand she didn't have a Bible in this moment? Like, she, this is why you gotta know the scripture. Because it was that scripture, boom, that carried her through the next place. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record in the old arrest warrant and stood to indict us. This means for those of you who are in this room today that if you're not saved and you're not born again, that means there's literally a legal binding document, if you will, that your sin is proving that you're gonna have to pay for it with death. Like if you pay for it by yourself for all of sin and falling short of the glory of God, that means, and for the wages of sin is death. That means you've earned death with your sin. And here's the good news. He canceled out every legal document. This is only for people who are born again. And we all need that document to be canceled out. So if you're here this morning, there's an opportunity for salvation by the end of our service. For Jesus, you have that record of sin. Jesus is going to nail it to the cross. And he's going to make it where it cannot be retrieved. Man, that's good news. So I believe that the Lord prophetically, even this morning, as we think of like, man, you struggle with faith or believing you're forgiven. I believe God prophetically, like he's going around the room and he, he is literally tearing up documents and he's tearing up records and he's throwing them in the fire and he's handing out new names and he's handing out new destinies. And he's saying, this is who you are. This is what I've called you to be. I'm not keeping record of this any longer. Man, that's what he did for me. He came into my jail cell and he ripped that paper and threw it in the fire and it said, this is my son. This is who you are. This is good news, man. Such good news. So, praise God. I don't even know what time it is. 11.59, glory to God. Here we go. As we've been doing freedom groups, um, I've seen the struggle a lot of people are having with even just believing that they're forgiven. I'm talking about people who are saved. Right? You make a mistake and you're like, man, but is God going to keep forgiving me? Does he still forgive me? And you know what blows my mind? People who have like didn't do it, live a crazy life like me struggle with thinking they're forgiven. And I've seen it in my freedom group. I'm like, man, these guys never done drugs. They've never robbed nobody. Nothing crazy. And they're like, man, I struggle with believing I'm forgiven. I'm like, dude. Because I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't actually. And the reason I don't, I'm not trying to say I'm better than you. It's just because forgiveness is the bedrock of Christianity. This is the whole message. You're for, <laughs> he offers forgiveness of sins. I mean, and you know how you got to receive this? I mean, you think, well, how do I receive it? By faith. You just have to believe it. I go to the jail and guys get saved and then they come up and I say, man, you're forgiven. And they say, man, I sure hope so. No, you have to believe it. You got to believe it. I love that song we sang last Sunday night. I'm forgiven. Because you were forsaken. 
I'm accepted. You are condemned. I'm like, man, this is beautiful. It's so good. Psalms 103, 10 through 12, he says, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is a steadfast love towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. You know why it says east to west and not north to south? Because you can go north until you hit the pole and then you'll start going south, but you can go east forever. It's a continuum. He said east to west because you can start walking east and keep going east forever. He's saying, I'm going to forgive your sins from east to west. It's a continuum of forgiveness. That means, yes, you messed up, but you're going to get back up and you're going to turn. If you don't quit, you win. Right? Amen? Well, I keep messing up. You know, they asked Jesus, how, how many times should we forgive someone? 70 times seven, and Andrew had a good word about that too. The number seven in the Bible represents completeness and wholeness. So he wasn't just saying 490 times. So when, you, when they get to 491, no more grace. That's the case probably some of my toddlers have broke that limit. But he was saying, how many times? Every time. How many times does God forgive you when you come with repentance? Forgive me every time. Every time. It's good news. All right, a couple more things. Let me, it's something that God spoke to me. You have to, truly, you have to truly receive this revelation that you're forgiven to actually learn how to become a worshiper of God. Let me say it like this. If you, don't tr- if you struggle with understanding that you're forgiven, you're going to struggle with worship. Because the opposite of that is shame. And it's hard to worship someone that you think is shaming you. But it's easy to worship someone you know has forgiven you. And so if you're struggling with that understanding, I'm here to tell you today, you are forgiven. Why? Not because I said so, not because it sounds good. It's because the word of God says so. You paid the price, you're forgiven. And you have to, you, a lot of you struggle with even expressing yourself in worship because you don't understand forgiveness. You don't understand grace. I'm gonna tell you this morning, I don't have to get far from forgiveness to step into worship. All I need to know is, man, I've been forgiven and my heart is automatically postured to worship my king. It is that simple, church. It is that simple, man, he forgave my sins. And there's one or two things happening if you struggle with giving God worship. Either you don't understand forgiveness, or this is kind of tough, I'm sorry, but you don't think what he did for you is a big deal. Hey, you know what the first thing of freedom is? Actually identifying what the lie is. So maybe you're here this morning saying, I just don't believe I'm forgiven. You need to break that lie in Jesus' name. Or you think, I don't really think it's a big deal. And you you would hate to say it, but your life shows that maybe you don't think it's a big deal what he's done. I could step in and say, God, I'm forgiven. Man, I thank you for all you've done. As soon as you understand forgiveness, you'll understand thankfulness and gratefulness. And you won't need a certain song to get in the mode. You won't need an atmosphere to get you into the presence. You'll just have to, you just need a revelation of forgiveness. That's all you need. That means I can be anywhere living in worship, simply understanding, I mean, I'm forgiven. When my life's going crazy, man, it's hard to give God praise right now. No, it's not when I just think about what he's done for me. 
And I love that song, that old song, when I think about the Lord. You know that song? How he saved me. How he raised me. How he filled me with the Holy Ghost. Y'all know what I'm talking about. How he healed me. I love this next part. To the uttermost. Pastor Chris used to say, took me from the guttermost to the uttermost. Some of y'all didn't laugh. You needed to. He said, when I think about the Lord, how he picked me up, how he turned me around, how he placed my feet on solid ground, it makes me want to shout, hallelujah, holy, holy. There's something about when I just simply think about what he's done for me. And some of you, it's easy because you've been forgiven for a lot of things. So it's easy for you to understand, man, I was screwed up. It makes me want to worship him. And for some of you, you haven't been on drugs and everything else. And you might not know it, but you don't think it was a big deal that he died for you. Because you don't think you were that bad. Just your sin would nail him to the cross. I'm sp- Just simple disobedience to our parents, simple lies, every sin. There's no classifications. You have to stay in that place. I love that song. Man, when I think about the Lord, think about how he's turned me around and placed my feet, it makes me want to shout, hallelujah, it makes me want to dance. And you're saying, some people are thinking, well, you don't have to do all that, but you're right, I don't have to, I'm not doing it to gain his attention, I'm doing it because I got his attention. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to get him to give, to, I'm trying to get his, oh God, look at me, look at me. He's like, no, he did look at me in my sin and he canceled my sin. He threw out the record and because of that, it makes me want to shout. My God, I'm preaching better than y'all are amen in this morning. This isn't emotionalism like Maddie said. It's not about being Pentecostal. It's not about being charismatic. It's about understanding the gospel message. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. If you struggle with thinking it was a big deal, I implore you, I, I beseech you this morning, go get your Bible and just start reading at the passion of the Christ. Go watch the movie again. Even his own betrayed him. It says that he came to his own and they received him. Nah, he knows what betrayal's like. He knows what to be mistreated is like. He knows what's to be lied about. He understands it all. He's been through it all. But still, what did he do? He gave his life. He was spit. He was smacked. He was mocked. He was brutally tortured. It was a big deal. And when I think about it, man, it makes me want to jump. It makes me want to give him everything I have. Not because I was raised charismatic in a Simmons of God church. It's because I love him because he loved me. It's not emotional. Hey, I'm going to tell you, if it doesn't get to your emotions, then something is wrong. It's not a story. The gospel's not just an old time story to read your kids around Christmas. It is the truth. It is the way. It is the life. It is everything that we need. You must believe. You must believe you're forgiven. And even more than that, I'm going to take it a little, not more than that, but another thing. And we're going to end with this. Not only do we receive this type of love, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 and 5, it talks about what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not end me good. It does not boast. It's not proud. And he goes on to say this. Love keeps no record of wrongs. God is not just not keeping your record. He's commanding you not to keep record. Listen to me, especially all us married folk in here. Oh, there it is again. You know what we do is we keep record of it, and then we withhold our love from someone because we think we're justified because the other person has done something wrong. Instead of understanding 
that if Jesus did that, we would all go to hell. That he actually took that record and ripped it and tore it. He tore the veil. <laughs> he didn't hold it against us. So he's saying to you, hey, are you keeping record of wrong for your spouse or some of your family members who've wronged you? Maybe it's been 30, 40 years ago. He's saying that is not love. That's not what you've received from me, so it's not what I expect from you. And not only that, so Corey Tin Boom, this is a good message, so I got a few more things. I'm just going to preach it. Corey Tin Boom said um, later on in her life, she got released, right? It's an amazing story. But then she went to, she started ministering around the world. She was in Germany ministering, and she was at this big church. And in this moment, this guy came up to her at the end, and she recognized it was one of the German guards who literally used to abuse and physically abuse her sister in the jails. He said, she said that he was one of the ones that he was just angry. He like took on this anger just to torment the Jews. And he came up to her afterwards and he said, all my life, I've given my life to Jesus and I've, I've wanted anything just to be able to, to apologize or ask for forgiveness from somebody that I've tortured before. And in that moment, Corten Boom said she turned literally and said, God, I have, I have nothing to give this man. This is what's beautiful about you not holding a record of wrong. Some of you are thinking, I just can't forgive. I, I just can't have compassion. Here's the good news. He can. And she turned to God in that moment, and she said, Romans 5, 5 came to her. She said, for we know how dearly God loved us. Here's the beauty. You know how you can give forgiveness, not hold records of wrong? You have to know how dearly he's loved you. And then it says, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love towards that person. So in that moment, God, I, I, I hate this man. Holy Spirit, I need your love for this man. And so that moment, she remembered, man, the Holy Spirit lives in me. And that love came out. And she reached out and grabbed his hand. And she said, you've already been forgiven. Come on. And we're over here being, we're being way too petty. These people tortured her sister and her family and her dad died. I mean, come on. Jesus is hanging on the cross and says, forgive them, Lord. He expects nothing less of his church than the same offer of forgiveness. Some, there's, there's many families and people in this room. We've been holding records of wrong over our spouse, over our family and everything else. And I would even dare to say, because you're holding them in that bondage, you might be keeping them in that place. We've got to let people go. Amen? Let them go and do what? It doesn't mean it's not a big deal. It means you just give them to Jesus. <laughs> They're yours. What am I called to do? Just love and forgive and not keep record. Amen? Last but not least, even, and yes, we have to not keep record, but you know, I'll tell you what's even more challenging is keeping a heart of compassion towards the person. I'm speaking to myself. I've got people in my life, believe it or not, that I very, I absolutely struggle with keeping compassion for. I really do. People that wrong me, they continue to wrong me. And man, I wish I could sit here and tell you that I always just full of the Holy Spirit and love towards them. I'm not. And neither are you. I'm just not. But I can tell you that I only can because of the Holy Spirit in me. And I'm telling you, not do you just not need to let people go? But you need to say, God, give me the Holy Spirit. I need to have compassion on these people that have wronged me and continue to wrong me. 1 Samuel 16, 35. 
And we're learning in the freedom group. Let me say this. It doesn't mean you have to reconcile with everybody. Go be their best friend. Go move in with them. Invite them to Thanksgiving. That's not what I'm saying. Some people aren't safe to be around. We completely understand. But it doesn't mean you can't have compassion towards them from a distance. Amen? 1 Samuel 15, 35. It says, until that day Samuel died. Check this out. He did not go see Saul again. So King Saul, the kingdom of God was removed from Saul because he disobeyed God. It was given to David. And what, what did Samuel do though? Until that day he died, he did not see Saul again. So it's not always means go back and be best friends with everyone. But check this next part of this out. Though Samuel mourned for him. So it's not just push people away and hold record and keep bitterness. It's like sometimes we do need to separate from some people, but we always got to have a heart of mourning and compassion. Isn't that good? I remember reading that years ago. I thought, man, that's crazy. Yeah, he didn't see Saul anymore, but his heart mourned for him. Had compassion for people. So if you don't have that this morning for people, that's, the good news is the Holy Spirit does. And we can receive it by the Spirit this morning to walk in this. Can we stand? Prayer team, would you come? Worship team, would you come? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Can we just close our eyes? Some of you who are not saved and some of you who are saved, just close your eyes. I just want you to envision right now that like a a literal document with all your sins on it and everything you've ever done. And I want you to envision Jesus nailing that to the cross. That If you could imagine that document literally behind the nail that went through his hand. It's over. It's finished. What we're doing right now is having a moment of activation for you to really, literally receive this message in your heart. So I encourage you just to Pay attention. Would you just keep your eyes closed? If you're here today and you're like, man, I need salvation. I need to be born again. I need my record to be expunged, my sin record to be completely done away with. It's that, if that's you, I just want you to lift your hand right where you are in your seat. Man, I need to, I see that hand. Man, I need that record, my sin to be completely wiped away. Anyone else? You can keep your hand raised in boldness. Let it just be a sign of, a, of surrender. Anyone else? Thank you. I see that hand back there as well. Anyone else? Surrender your life to Jesus. He's taking that record and he's throwing it in the fire and he's giving you a new name and he's calling you son. He's calling you daughter. He's calling you forgiven. Anyone else? If you have your hand raised right now, I just want you to pray with me out loud. And it's not about a prayer. It's not about the word. It's about your heart posture. If you have your hand raised, would you just pray? Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Take my record of sin and nail it to the cross. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. And I believe you're coming back. I surrender all to you. You're in charge now. Say that last part again. You're in charge now, Lord. In Jesus' name. And say it like you mean it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together for the few that have given their life to Jesus?
Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. The Bible says all of heaven, all of heaven celebrates. Hey, listen to me. If you raised your hand, please, before you go, come down to the front, get you a new believer's book, fill out your connection card in the back of the pew, right on there, I gave my life to Jesus, turn it to welcome desk, we have a gift for you, we just wanna follow up with you, we love you, you guys are amazing. And anybody else in this room, if you just need to come to the altars, spend time with God, if you need prayer for healing in your body, if you need prayer for just anything at all, the altars are open, our prayer team is here, let me just pray over you. Father, I bless your people, God, I pray that your word would go deep and set in our hearts, Lord. Father, I thank you for every family that's represented here today. God, I thank you, Lord, that you've erased our sin. God, that you remember them no more. Help us right now. Can everybody lift their hands? And let's just say this, God, fill me with your spirit, with love, and with compassion for those who've wronged me and will continue to be wrong. Say, I will love like you love me in Jesus' name. Can we put our hands together for the Lord this morning? Bless you guys. Have a good week. Freedom Group, see you tonight. Small group, be here tonight at 6 as well. Say hi to somebody or say bye to somebody on the way out. Invite somebody to lunch. Give somebody a hug. We love you. If you need prayer, altars are open. Prayer team's here.